We start on one of the lifts on the edge of the massive cliffside on the northern edge of Balehart's Hearthlands. A sheer face of rock that stretches hundreds of feet straight up through the clouds and out of view. Maisel Fisk has just left her home for what may be the last time. With one stranger accompanying her on the ride up the lift. Sharing her paperwork with the individuals running the lift at the base of the cliff, she and her new companion, at least for this moment, find themselves slowly and steadily rising up away from the lush green hearthlands below along the cliffside. The gentle sway of the lift, this large wooden cargo platform with heavy rope and chain going straight up as far as they can see and beyond even, swaying slightly as the breeze begins to pick up more and more as the height increases. The two, Maisel and Drang of the short days, find themselves standing amongst cargo, crates and barrels, latched down with canvas and rope as Maisel watches the only home she's ever known slowly fade out of view. And Drang watches the only home she's ever truly loved grow closer and closer from above. Bill, why don't you go ahead and describe Maisel for me? Yeah, Maisel's a tall, almost lanky human woman. She has her hair sort of knotted up into a big, uh, poorly tamed red-orange bun on the top of her head, and she's got a stern, angular face and and habitually kind of pulls at her mouth into a, a, a frown and and furrows her brow so that she looks older than she is, which is just about to turn 30. Uh, and actually, she's doing exactly that right now. She's she's furring her brow and, and making a point to look away from that vista in front of her down into a newspaper that she has that she's just sort of scribbling into. And Maisel does not seem prepared for this type of journey in the slightest. Uh, she's dressed in a lot of, like, mid-autumn layers. So she's got a, a white collared shirt on under a, like, a Fair Isle pattern sweater with a brown and tan tweed suit over that and a raincoat and at least two, maybe three scarves sort of looped and tied into and around one another on top of that. And apart from that, she's got uh, a trunk, like a big leather trunk, and two weekender-sized bags, uh, and a backpack, and a pocketbook, all... uh, She's, like, nested in a pile of all of them, with a limb touching each one, so as not to lose track of any of them. Uh, And I want to explicitly say that Maisel looks tired. Her eyes are swollen, and she's got, like, the dark circles going... Uh, there's a sheen of like like sweat matting her hair down and, and puckering at her collar. And she's sort of anxiously tapping the heel of one of her boots on her trunk as she buries her face into that newspaper. Certainly, as you look down at a um, somewhat rough and crumpled uh, newspaper from Verdun itself, actually, the 
platform shifts as it catches a breeze and you find yourself kind of tipping to one side and you bump into a crate. And as you right yourself, it shifts the other direction and you overcorrect and find yourself bumping into your new uh, lift companion on this slow and excruciating ascent along the Hearthland Cliff. And you bump into Drang. Cat, can you go ahead and describe Drang for me? Sure. Um, Billy, you said Maisel was tall. How tall is Maisel? Uh, human tall. Maisel human is tall? Uh, just under six feet. Okay, good, cool. Um, Drang is, including her antlers, eight feet tall. Um, <laughs> she is a fae, which in this world uh, often means an anthropomorphic animal of some kind. She is an anthropomorphic reindeer. She... Under the antlers, stands around seven feet tall, broad-shouldered, solidly built. She dresses like, I always like to say, like a a snow queen from a comic book, like winter-themed, but not necessarily winter-practical. She doesn't really feel cold. She dresses like she doesn't feel the cold. Um, She carries a solid staff. She has kind of a, um, a distant and aloof demeanor. But don't be fooled. It's also what she's like inside. Drang, as you're standing, watching the hearth disappear and the clouds above you get closer, you can feel the air cool as you get closer and closer to the top. The warm, continuously verdant landscapes of the hearth are not necessarily uncomfortable to you, but they, they lack this cool sharpness that the north brings. As you slowly ascend, Maisel stumbles, trunk in hand, and bumps into you as the platform shifts. The higher you get, the more intense the breeze becomes as you start to rock back and forth slightly. More noticeably, the higher you get. I rolled to hate this. You hate it. <laughs> uh, I suppose I, I like steady myself with, with one foot, but still fall a bit onto... Onto Drang. Um, <laughs> I'm, my apologies. The machine is terrible. Oh, I think it's something really remarkable, but all right. I am not accustomed to machines. Do you want, do you want a distraction? Here, um, I think I plopped down like on a, on a box, even height wise with, whatever tall box I could sit on to be uh, eye level with Drang. So I have never been this far north, but it seems like you maybe have because you're um, you're more dressed for it than me. What? Where's a place where you'd get um, something like those uh, antlers? Know that you have a heavy coat and I only have these thin ones. Do, is, do you have a tailor that uh, you could recommend? Uh, I have worn this cloak for some time, um, but there are many places in the north where one can purchase cloaks and such. That Did you wear it down there as well? You know, it's, Not it's a, warmer down there. I noticed. What? What brings you uh, to the north um i myself i'm i'm leaving 
going? Uh, well, what brings you to the north? I am cold. The time has come to greet the Emperor. I must go. The Emperor of what? Of winter. I don't know what that is. It is the time of year when everything becomes colder. Oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. that's a real uh, knee slapper. I mean, I don't know what the Emperor of Winter is. He is the sovereign of the Winter Court who slumbers in the cold and who wakes rarely to call all of the court to him. And you're in... Oh... Oh, why don't you, why didn't you just stay there? Seems easier. Many things which seem easier are not. Hmm. Yeah, I, I myself, I, I can't stay well where I would have liked to have. And, uh, is it, is it hard up in the north? I imagine it's, it's cold and unforgiving and... Scary? Is it... Is it bad? Uh, it is not bad. No. But it can be brutal, yes. I, um... I, I haven't done much uh, surviving in any level of brutality. I don't... Frankly, I don't know if I'm strong enough to do. Mm. So... Have you ever seen Bear Cub? Uh, in a, in a book. Is awkward creature, tumbling after mother. Cannot walk straight. But grows into a formidable one. A master of the woods and the cold. One does not need to be strong right away. I pull out a uh, a page of the, the newspaper I was looking at uh, to try to divert the subject. Nine letters, uh, city of flying ships. Starts with an A. I am a poor student of geography. As you say this, the ropes creak, the chains strain, and a gust of wind pulls the platform slightly and it shifts and Maisel, you almost feel yourself begin to tip forward as some of the cargo comes slightly loose and there's a clatter and a shift and a shake. And as this happens, we find ourselves somewhere else, a shift, a shake, a clatter. Ozias, you're sitting on a seat on a train headed from Midgate, just near the Eastern breach heading into the Uden Dominion for the first time in your life, at least as far as you're aware. The shift in the train causes you to kind of lean forward away from your seat. The actual train itself levitating off the tracks by magical force, suddenly breaking, shifting you forward and the large intimidating figure next to you is unmoved. If only by sheer weight alone. There's a rumbling and a humming sound constantly coming from beneath you as the entire metal contraption 
shakes and shifts underneath you with the magical force propelling it forward until it just comes to a complete stop. And one more shift as cargo above you in the cabin overheads shifts and slides into place and there's a sudden stop. Do you believe you may have arrived at your destination? Noir, you sit next to this new companion that you've just met only today. One you were told to acquire from Midgate. That is important for the task you've been given. That he's an asset. Not an affiliate in the way that you are, but an asset. And the ring has informed you to utilize him to the ends of the task you've been given. You watch as he kind of shifts and leans forward as the train comes to a stop finally, and a few other passengers at the end of the car begin to stand as the entire compartment falls a clean foot from the levitating place in the air and rests against the ground with this large foot. And even you find yourself slightly shaken by the, mo- the motion. Dalton, why don't you go ahead and describe Ozzy for me? Uh, yeah, so Ozzy is, is um, human-sized and shaped. Um, but beyond that, it's hard to figure out much else about him. Uh, he's probably pretty tall, but he is, uh, he walks with a slouch and kind of a, uh, kind of a slacker's energy about him. Um, but currently he is garbed head to toe in just like layers and layers of fabric of varying textures and colors. Um, and it's just a real mishmash of stuff, but yeah, he's completely veiled and hidden. He's got gloves on his hands. He's got big boots on. Uh, you can see no skin or anything about him. Um, and he has the look of someone who has recently taken off a large crow mask. <laughs> uh, Noir, Joe, why don't you tell us what Noir looks like? Um, well, he's a large, um, around like seven foot-ish um, piece of armor uh, basically he's, he's constantly kind of exuding kind of a, a purple mysticism outside of his the kinks in the armor um, he's uh, I think I said obsidian already uh, but yeah he's kind of quiet stoic um, just kind of big burly trying to sit there and not be as auspicious as he looks um because a big ass death knight looking person is not really the most sneaky but uh he kind of understands what's important so he's just gonna sit there and if anybody's scared of him they're scared of him it's too bad Ozzyus, you actually notice that most of the other travelers riding in this particular car of the train have moved to the back slightly staring at your large shadowy companion their metallic bulky form letting out perpetual wisps of black smoke and a faint purple glow from the seldom gaps in the armor, in particular around the neck and the face of the helm. Faint trails of black, almost like dust, fading off into the air with a faint purplish glow from within. Certainly a bit of a intimidating presence, and the other people riding the train have taken notice of it and seem a bit concerned. I'm uh, not used to somebody else getting more attention than me. Oh, uh, I forget. 
you are the showman. Yeah, that's cool. Well, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say showman. I'm a, uh, I'm a fighter. You know. Yeah. You wouldn't call it. You wouldn't call the greatest pain store in the world an artist. I would. Um, <laughs> and also, there's a feather sticking out of your head, so you probably should figure that one out. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm working on a new character. Uh, Tall Kenku. You may have heard of him. Mm, no. Uh, uh, all right. Well, you will. Don't worry. You will. No. Mm, I won't be looking for your name. It's fine. I'm just trying to get this job done and uh, move on with my life, you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you lead the way, man. The doors to the train slide open as a small platform is dropped and people begin to exit onto the platform of the train station in Gunner's Holt. And they slowly filter out from the back, avoiding walking in front of you and your large companion. Are they avoiding you or something? Um, I mean, maybe a little bit. Everybody here is pretty boring, but uh, I would have to say it's primarily you, my friend. You're, uh, you don't give off um, approachable energy. No offense. Nah, it's, it's cool. Um, I'm okay with that. <clears throat> I'd rather people be scared of me than bother me every five seconds. So like, what's wrong? What's up with your armor? Are you doing something different? Are you trying to be something special? <laughs> I'm tired of that, so let's better they stay away. I was gonna ask you what's up with your armor, but uh, I will not do that anymore. So thank you. Smart choice. Uh, do you do you know how long this is gonna take? I was kind of in the middle of something when uh when you came calling. Uh, my boss just told me to find somebody and I, apparently I needed you to help do so. So, I got as long as it takes to find whoever we need to find. That's how long it's going to take. So, I, I mean, I guess put your little dance thing, fight thing on hold for a second. It's, there's, there's well, I mean, it is kind of a dance. You know what? You're right. Very poetic. It's, it's a lot of dancing. You guys rock around the ring a lot. I watched for like three minutes before I actually called you, and it was a lot of walking more than anything else. You gotta give the people what they paid for. They paid for a walking around the ring. Got it. Noir, you've been tasked with finding someone. You already know this. In particular, you're looking for a man by the name of Zephalia Nilheim, Zeph for short. And you've been told to find him at the request of your employer, the broader idea of your employer being the rust ring. Now, Zeph, from what you understand, is an affiliate of the rust ring and may have found themselves potentially selling either objects or information that belong to the rust ring to someone that they shouldn't be. And your employers don't take that lightly. And so you're sent to find them and hold them accountable. Drang, Maisel, the platform rises and you break the threshold of the clouds as you ascend, and there's this rush of cold that rolls over the platform as this crate creaks and buckles over the under the shifting and swaying and cracks open as a small object comes tumbling out of it 
rolling across the wooden platform and taps you against your toe, Maisel, right against the side of your boot, a cylindrical object of a metallic finish, perhaps brass or copper, has a faint shine to it. Yeah, I, I pick it up. I think for the past at least day, what I've seen is either steel or wood or dirt. So this is extremely odd, and I pick it up, and I just want to take a, a look at it and see if I recognize it or, or anything on it. You grab it. You take it into your hand, and you look at it. And it is this fine copper cylinder with these geometrical patterns embossed into it, lines to points, forming almost like constellations across the surface. It is capped on either side but what by what looks like two copper discs, roughly about a quarter of an inch in thickness, on each side that have a bit of give. They can twist or turn. On one side is a stamp embossing the butt end of this cylinder that has a symbol of a gold dragon with a crown above its head and four letters, N-C-T-C. As you turn it over and look at the other side, you see there's a hexagon with lines from each point meeting in the center where a small steel-looking bead or marble is recessed into the other end and spins slightly freely and gives a little give as you press your thumb across it, as if it presses into the cylinder. Uh, if I push on it, if I, like, just, like, am not gentle with it, is there anything more that I can feel or, or, or like, pick up from just not being, being dumb with it, like, playing with it like a clicky pen? Yeah. You press in as far as your finger allows, and it, it gives and then pops back. You can't quite press it far enough with the size of the hole, but it gives all the way until you just can't push any further and then pops back out. Isn't that something? Um, I, I like lift back up and, and I hold it out to drain. Um, this isn't, you didn't bring this, did you? No, I brought little. Oh. Well. Maisel, as you look up away from it and gesture towards Drang, you finally look out over this sea of clouds for but a moment, and you can see beyond it. You see this milky white in front of you, just below as the platform rises, and beyond it, it fades, and then you see just the faintest, fuzziest, almost watercolor green, like a tapestry of colors that stretch out into the horizon, the colors of the hearth, stretching out as far as you can see into the distance. You can't see the other side of the hearth. It's just simply too large. But somewhere on the other end, far to the south, you know there's another wall, another cliff, much like this one. You look left and right, and you can see the cliffs go all the way off into the distance, east and west, until you can't see them anymore either. And suddenly you feel cold, your breath visible as you breathe, holding the cylinder in your hand. As you look out into this beautiful sea of green, uh, I take it back and I, I tuck it in a pocket. Um, I've got like, so I didn't really have uh, heavy clothing. So I just have a couple of layers of like light jackets on and I just tuck it into a pocket. Um, and I think I'm going to just distract or attempt to distract myself from 
the cold by now if we're stopping, like trying to lift up my, my trunk and my bag and just like uh, use activity to try to warm myself okay. up. Some hours pass as the two of you awkwardly ride the lift. Slowly, quietly. Oh, it's not awkward for Dragon. She's great at silence. It's awkward for Maisel at the very least. Who isn't good at silence. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm like pacing back and forth. And like every now and then I'm playing with this thing in my pocket. I'm just like carrying the bag. I'm sure I'm like causing a little bit of a shift if I'm carrying these these bags around. Oh, certainly. Drang, you are, you are acutely aware of every step Maisel takes as it shifts the platform with cool. each footfall. Swaying, shifting, creaking. Cool. Love it. Do you have a name? I am called Drang of the Short Days. Drang, I'm Maisel. Fisk, it's good to meet you. Um, and I fully just drop a bag and stick a hand out to, to shake their foot. <laughs> it's the platform and... Everything shifts and sways <laughs> on the impact. Drain, do you have hands or just hooves? I mean, uh, the character we've got has back legs, hoofs, front legs, hands. Drang eventually does actually take Maisel's hand. And as these moments progress, you do eventually find yourselves arriving at the top of the lift, sliding into place with a as these two metal clamps at the edge of the cliffside clamp down on the edge of the platform, locking it into place as numerous workers, much like dock hands, tie down the ropes and chains, locking the lift into place. And for the first time, you can actually see very clearly these other lifts that run a probably a good mile and a half length of the side of the cliff. Every, you know, 60 feet or so, 100 feet or so, Another one of these lifts, some larger than others, some very large, carrying massive cargo up the side. And you're left now at the top, settled into place. The workers gesture to you. Hail, step off. You can get back onto solid land. Welcome to Gunner's Holt. Drank very quickly does so, yes. Um, yeah, I... I- it takes me a moment to, like, try to pick up all my bags. I'm definitely struggling with it because I've got at least me weight worth of stuff. and I'm. We have to unload the cargo. Make it fast. Do you... Do you require assistance? Oh, I'm... Uh, no, I'm, I'm fine, I say, as, like, a rope fully breaks and I drop one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, Drang helps with... Drang pays up the trunk. Ozius, Noir, the two of you exit the train and step onto the platform. The people riding it, not very many, you now realize, begin to filter out into Gunner's Holt. You're on the far eastern edge of the city as people kind of filter out into the main thoroughfare, some carrying goods or cargo that they've brought with them from Midgate, others just travelers heading into town. And the two of you stand an odd duo, nearly as odd as our other duo, on the platform with all but a name and a vague description of who you're looking for. So, uh, you're a company man, right? You got any connections in this city or anything? Anybody we should be 
talking to? Seems like we're going in pretty cold here. Usually the inns are the best place. Inns, bars, anything like that. Um, the docks, not too bad to find places to. They usually see who's coming and going for these things. So, um, odds are, I think we just have to kind of hit the pavement and just start talking to whoever we can talk to. Um, usually once they see the symbol and he kind of like pulls back his cloak to kind of show off the rush ring symbol on his side, um, they usually give you whatever you need or really want. So I say we just use it. Uh, you, do you got one of those for me? When you earn it, you can have one. <sighs> Fine. You know, for a syndicate, you guys are real sticklers for rules. Yeah, that's how we stayed functioning for so long, so I think rules are there for the best of us. Alright, well, uh, there's gotta be an inn nearby, right? The train station? That makes sense. Yeah, um, we should be able to find one. Um, excuse me. And Noir, you do know that typically bars and dives, seedier locations, will be good places to start looking for someone affiliated with the Rustrang. You hail a citizen nearby, I imagine, or someone else. Are you looking for regular folk or a guard? Anyone? Uh, anybody kind of walks by. Okay. You hail a dwarven woman. Hi. What do you need? Uh, where's the nearest bar? Yeah, I mean, there's the, uh, bar on the tracks just here. You can try there, deeper into town, closer to the center. You've got more inns by the lifts. More to take a look at there. Uh, more options. But that's the closest. Okay. Um, thank you. And he just kind of walks off to Ozzy. Sure. No, don't mention it. And she goes back about her business. So we can head over to that bar over there and then head down to the lifts. There should be some inns and bars over there if we want to. Sounds like a plan. I'm following you. Uh, Come along then. Okay. The two of you head towards the bar on the tracks, the tavern on the tracks, rather. A small, single-level bar, kind of long and narrow, um, with a small iron sign of a train right above the door. As you approach, you see that the doors are broken and have been removed from their hinges and it's just left perpetually open. Seems like the right type of place. Should really get that fixed. Nah, should probably be easier for the drunks to fall out, so less noise. All right, good point. He goes up to the bar and uh, kind of posts up and like pushes back his cloak just to post up right there. Okay. You approach, there's a couple unsavory-looking folks standing outside. Mostly just look like vagrants or drunks. And as you approach the door, you see that the interior is somewhat dim, lit by lantern light, and there seems to be a couple patrons enjoying a meal. Neither of you are really all that aware of how cold it is. And most of the people inside are still wearing their outerwear as they sit at the bar. Or, for those sitting in the more dining-focused area of the tavern, far off to the Offside are sitting next to the fire that is slowly smoldering in the end of the tavern, smoke trailing out the top of the building. You walk in. There's a dwarven gentleman with a large scar across his face sitting behind the bar. Tattoos all the way up and down his exposed forearms. 
He stands behind the bar, hands just pressed against the tabletop, spread wide, and he sees you enter. Notices you immediately. You're a striking figure. He leans back as you walk in. <clears throat> you, uh... Welcome. Step on up. You guys looking for a drink or uh, food? What can we do for you? Um, I'm not particularly looking to drink or eat anything right now. Um, Ozzy? I will take an ale. An ale. I can do an ale. Um, mostly I'm just looking for somebody who can give me information. And uh, as he says that, he kind of like brushes aside just to kind of flash the symbol quick to see if he sees any reaction from the person. He sees, and he does take notice. You see a recognition in his eyes as he, <clears throat> an ale for your friend. And you're looking for what now? Information for about a person. He looks around at the bar. One person, drunk, passed out with their head against the top of the bar top. A few people down by the fireplace, enjoying a drink, making idle chit-chat, playing cards. Rest of the place seems pretty empty. He leans forward. What kind of person? Um, somebody who my boss wants to uh, meet a handle. He he goes by the name Zeth or some shit like that. It's uh, Zeth Nilheim. <laughs> I think I might know who you're talking about. Uh, half elf fella, dark hair, little shifty looking. Uh, now he was in here asking for food and drink, showed his symbol, affiliate. We're the only real place up here on the lift, affiliated. So, gave him food, gave him drink. But you're saying you're looking for him. And he looks you up and down. You, uh... What class are you? First, second? Enforcer class two. He kind of gets a little pale. All right. I'm going to trust you know what you're doing and that you're, uh... Well, you over him. That's for damn sure. He was in here a couple nights ago, but I haven't seen him since. Gave him food and drink, like I said, but he was looking for a place to stay, and we don't have rooms. So he moved on to find a place to sleep. I think he said something about waiting for someone here in town. While this conversation is happening, Ozzyus, what are you doing? Your ale has already been set on the bar top. Yeah, so Ozzy is um holding his ale, but is not drinking from it because there's no clear path to his mouth. Uh, but he's holding it like somebody who's thinking about drinking it. <laughs> um, but I think he's just kind of watching this conversation between Noir and the bartender, um, just sort of like soaking it in because I, he, he's been called in a couple times before, but I think nothing about this magnitude. Um, and this is not really his like, standard uh standard lifestyle so i think he's just absorbing everything and i also feel like he just knows very little beyond the couple things he's been told about why he's there so i think he's just trying to glean whatever information he can okay uh the bartender continues now he did come in with a 
a companion, a halfling girl, red hair, frizzy, um, looked about the same demeanor as him, kind of on the shadier side, which is not uncommon for us, but she, like your friend here, was not affiliated, just a companion. Hmm. You said he's looking for someplace to wait for someone, so odds are he'd be by the lift. Fair bet. Most traffic comes in through the lifts or the train station, and, you know, you've already been through here and haven't seen him yet, I imagine. So if he's waiting for someone, most of the inns are near the lifts. So, again, safe bet. The frizzy-haired one, did she give a name? Nah, uh, she looked real squirrely, though. Nervous. Constantly looking around. I see. Okay. Thank you for the information. Um, Ozzy, you want to head to the lifts? Uh, yeah, I'm good for some legwork. Uh, I don't have to pay for this, right? This is like a a benefits thing, gesturing to his ale. He points to Noir, as long as you're with him. But if you're not, you pay. Oh, oh, I'm with him, for sure. I've never met this man in my life. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, and then Ozzy, like, again, sort of, like, looks purposely at the ale. Uh, and then sets it back on the counter and says, uh, yeah, all right, let's go. He, the bartender picks up the mug as you all walk away and he walks down to the end of the counter and he slams it on the counter next to the man who's passed out, who immediately wakes up and grabs the (laughs) mug and starts drinking from it. And you hear him say, that's three copper. (laughs) And then walk away. (laughs) The two of you step outside back into the cool... Afternoon air as the train station begins to quiet and empty, and this part of the town becomes desolate and silent. Drang, you and Maisel step off the platform and walk out into this big open kind of area just outside the lift, and you see this main thoroughfare that runs along the cliffside, along all the lifts, and then another one that runs straight down north away from the lifts, deeper into town. There's this sort of semicircle of buildings kind of built around the lifts. You see what appear to be some inns, some other uh, businesses, shops, specifically placed here to capture those coming in from the lifts and give them a place to stay or eat, drink, purchase things. As you step off the platform, a figure runs by you as you enter this main open area. A small figure in a cloak bumps into you, Maisel. You feel yourself get knocked forward slightly as this small individual briskly sprints past you and then disappears into one of the nearby inns kind of further down the road. You're just a pile of manners, aren't you? As they do run forward, you become acutely aware of something that is a bit unexpected. Your coin purse is missing. Your belt is significantly lighter all of a sudden. Trang, I hate to ask this, but would you be an angel and hold my bag for a moment? Certainly. 
Why? Uh, I hold it off and I try to run off after after the person. Okay. Certainly. You make your way forward as, again, people are beginning to filter in from the east side of town through this main thoroughfare. And as you begin to step forward, you realize that this young person, girl or whomever, this cloaked figure of small, diminutive size, was merely the leading individual in what appears to be a large crowd coming in from somewhere off to the east. And you find yourself getting caught in a small crowd of people coming into this main area. And you step forward and immediately run into another taller gentleman. And there's a dragonborn individual walking through and you're kind of just getting stuck, like pinned in by them as they're all filtering into this main plaza. Um, I'd like to like try to throw elbows and like weave through if possible. Of course. You make an effort to move through them. You push forward. Drang, you find yourself just standing now, the unwanted uh, overseer of these belongings that are not yours, as this person you just met starts running through this crowd chasing a stranger. And Mm. everything about it is just not really how you wanted or expected to spend this day. But if I went forward, there would be crowd? There is a crowd. I don't think Drang's here for that. (laughs) No, certainly not. Um, I stop in the, like, I'm, I'm assuming, like, there's sort of, like, a, a wave of people coming around me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they kind of walk in front of you, and you find yourself kind of side uh, sidelined by them. And before you notice it, your eyeline on this individual is broken, and you lose sight of them, uncertain where specifically they went, as they just vanish into the distance down the street. Dreadful thing. You! I just shout in a direction. Cargo is getting unloaded from the platform you were once riding. Large crates, including one, damaged. The one that held the very object that you picked up off the the lift itself, Maisel. And as the two people begin to lift it, they notice the crack in the corner, and it shifts, and you hear this metallic of things sliding into place and moving in the bottom of this crate. And they they both kind of pause and puzzle at it for a moment as they carry it and set it down on the ground as there's this metallic shifting and clanking coming from inside. Drang, you hear this quite well, standing very close as they're unloading it. Hmm. How long am I to look after the bags? Maisel, do you return? Yeah, I uh, I think I'm like, I almost swim through the crowd, but keep getting pushed back uh, and end up just like giving up. And, and-, and the crowd is beginning to... De- disperse a little bit, spreading out into some of these local businesses. And by the time they all, it's really as they spread and open and you find yourself just standing in the now mostly empty again plaza that the person who stole your purse is just gone. And you just stand there, you know. Yeah, I I, I suppose I'm I'm standing there in the the empty thoroughfare like this clenched and I look back at Trang and (laughs) sigh and, and walk back towards them. Ah, you have returned. Sorry, thank thank you for that. Hmm. You it's were funny... looking for someone? Capstone to a bad few days. My purse was stolen. The ah. lion's share of my money was just <laughs> taken from me. So... Do you require money? 
No, I... No, I... That's... I couldn't ask that of you. Thank you, though. Um... No. Very well. Hey, Cat. What are the spell pieces in this ad? Um... Advertising, pandering, obligatory, and team. Then I want to use my piece, Honest, and cast Honest Advertising to tell people that Sword of Symphonies is an actual playtest campaign of the game that you made starring us. Ooh, ooh, and I want to cast Charming Pandering and tell them how much fun we are to listen to. Ooh, or would that be Charming Team? I think I have a charming team, yes, Kirsten. Oh, Nick, do you want honest advertising to tell them that we have sort of a cozy horror vibe and that people can listen to us every Saturday? Oh, and before we do that, I'd like to add my spell piece music because I write everything in-house. Yeah, I love your music, Kathleen. And I think your sound work in general is top-notch. So let's cast honest music advertising and charming team on the listener and invite them to join us on Sword of Symphonies. Noir and Ozzyus, the two of you make your way into the heart of town, looking for a possible inn that may lead you to the individual you're looking for. You head westward, deep into Gunner's Holt, towards the lifts, and lo and behold, you find yourselves following after this sizable crowd into the lift side area of Gunner's Holt. Inns and businesses line these kind of wider, broader streets just outside the lifts. And you see workers bringing cargo off the lifts onto solid ground. You, the two of you, walk through this plaza, kind of taking this long arcing path around and head up the main street towards one of the inns down the main road, just a bit off the beaten path, not quite in the dead center of the plaza. Drang, as you speak to Maisel, you see you see an unusual sight for what to you is mostly just a sea of unremarkable mortals coming and going about their business. You see two figures, at least one in particular, surprisingly striking in a crowd of people that to you seemed all pretty much look the same. A massive, daunting, solid black figure of metal. Nearly as tall as you, if it weren't for the antlers. And a strange, lanky, slouching individual draped in fabrics. Indiscernible race or identity. Walking away. Just a strange highlight in an already developing strange day. Noir, Hosius, the two of you continued on the main thoroughfare. A few inns line the sides of the streets. As you walk, though, Ozius, you catch a glimpse of an individual poking out from an alley. Small, in a black, black cloak. They pull back a hood as bright red frizzy hair is revealed, and they seem to be pulling open a small coin purse, peeking inside and they tie it shut quickly and wrap it and tuck it into their belt and pull their hood back up and bolt out of the alley heading towards one of the inns off the main 
street. Yeah, I think uh, Ozzy elbows Noir, but does it like too hard. And it's like, ow, God. <laughs> There's a cling. <laughs> Why are you so dense? Like, structurally, not, you know, not an insult. Just a... He just taps the armor. <laughs> Did you think it was cotton? <laughs> I, look, I think I just saw our, our, uh, our halfling friend. Where? She just, she just ducked into that inn. And he beelines for that inn. Okay, no time for a plan. This is the plan. You head for the inn, and as you approach, it's modest, not particularly big or impressive. The door actually, at a distance, Ozzy, you begin to question whether Noir's even going to fit. I mean, the man's pretty wide. I question if you're going to fit through this door, my friend. <laughs> Watch me. And he just sidles <laughs> up to the door. Oh, I forgot I have a weapon on my back, don't I? <laughs> you do have quite a large <laughs> weapon on your back. I, I, forget, I forget about that. And so like, he like bows almost and just tucks the weapon in first, <laughs> turns sideways, and then shimmies through the door. <laughs> You watch this display, Ozzy, I says, Noir kind of turns himself into a tetramino as he, like, leans forward and then tilts his body and then slides through this door frame and then straightens up. And you both hear this... <laughs> as the tip of his massive greatsword with this long polearm-like handle scrapes the ceiling slightly as it's sort of, like kind of fantastically magnetized to his back, un-adhered with any type of straps or mechanism, just stuck to it, as if by magic. And it just scrapes across the wooden ceiling of this inn. And you hear this, hey, 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 whoa, 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 as a halfling woman of sort of short hair, um, a little bit kind of, Spiky in the front starts coming around the counter, hands up like, careful, don't break anything. And she looks up at Noir. Holy shit, you're huge. Um, Could you perhaps take it off? You doing the ceiling. He takes it off of his back and just stabs it into the floor. Ah. Better? Not better. Worse, actually. How much is this going to cost? I can send you a bill. Are you going to be in town? And then he just like takes out some gold and just puts it in her hand. Is that good? Only if you buy something. I will take one ale, please. Ozzy says, popping up from behind Noir. Sure, an ale. That'll be a few what copper. Is just... with you in these ale? You know what? It's not worth it. Pardon me. Ixnay I... on the ale stay. Is <laughs> there somebody just walked through the door? And she looked like you, but had frizzy hair. Excuse me? Another halfling walked through the door and had frizzy, bright red hair and a black cloak. Do Can you tell me where she went? The two of you are kind of standing a few feet in from the doorway. Ozzy, you're behind Noir as he's blocking your view of the, the bar. But you can see the majority of the rest of the inn, the dining tables, the stairs up to the second floor where you imagine the bedrooms are. You can see clearly to the left and right from where you stand. Um, as you look over, you see at a table by themselves a figure, small, in a black cloak with two ales at the table in front of them. 
they appear to be staring at Noir. Ozzy elbows Noir again and then goes, Ah! Oh! God! (laughs) (laughs) What do you think's gonna happen when you do this? Uh, And Ozzy kind of, like, jerks his head. It's the, like, least perceptible movement he can do, but since you can't see his eyes or anything, he's just, like, jerking his head in the direction of uh, where Mm -hmm. she's sitting. Uh, Noir, like, looks in that general direction. And just, like, stares down and, like, he exudes more magic than he actually. Like, it's like revving an engine. He just exudes more to, like, flare up. Um, kind of like a peacock. But... <laughs> Good. Love it. As this, like, smoke begins to billow from the neck of the suit of armor, it, it drifts up and it starts to actually kind of collect and, and spread across the ceiling a little bit. He just, like, points at the, the halfling woman. He's just, you... Don't move. She puts both of her hands up. Uh, okay. Noir makes his way over there and, like, turns around to, like, the halfling owner. For real. Like, I will pay for this. Like, send the bill to Red Scar. <laughs> just tell him it's from me. Uh, Who tell is from, that? Tell him it's from Noir. <laughs> just literally, just literally right on a... Just just listen right on a letter. Red Scar. <laughs> I don't know who that is. You You seem to vastly misunderstand how post works in this world. Okay. And he just like, and turns around and just walks over to the uh, woman sitting down. You approach. As he collects his ale. (laughs) Yeah. You walk up holding an ale, just like in your hands, not drinking from it. And as you approach, um, the two of you kind of hover over this table, both very large and intimidating figures compared to this small halfling, who you can now see this sort of, like, faintly freckled, but kind of, like, (sighs) rough face, um, kind of a little worse for wear. They look a little disheveled. Um, She kind of sits, hood still pulled back, uh, pulled forward. You can just faintly see the eyes glancing nervously between the two of you, and her hands are still up. Um, She says, hello. Um... I can explain. I swear. The coin purse is mine. If it's not, I'll give it back. And Noir just, like, hands out his hand for the coin purse. Uh, sure. Hey, Ozzy, you want this? Uh, yeah, cool. I, would, I would love that. <laughs> Wait, that was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy catches it out of the air and <laughs> is very excited about it. <laughs> Where's your friend? I'm sorry, the who? one who's all... The, the half elf, Zarth. What is I don't Zarth. know. Zaps. Zaboombafu. Zaboombafu. I don't know anyone by that name. Sorry, I'm just a petty thief, right. okay. pickpocket. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're just a petty, petty thief. Cool. So we can do this little dance. And I'm going to get tired of it real quick. And then I'm just going to start doing violent things. So we can do this or you can just stop and just tell me who the half-elf friend of yours is and where he's at. Is he coming to meet you? Because I don't think you're going to drink two L's by yourself. Um, I would listen to him. He's pretty grumpy from the train ride over. Um, I don't know. Oh. Uh. Cool. Yeah. This is, yeah. Cool. And she glances over to her right towards the back of the inn. And Ozzy, you watch as a 
kind of faint shadowy figure in a black cloak dips out through the back door and there's a small as the door shuts and a small gust of wind that blows some flecks of snow across the floor. Noah, one at the back. I'm going. And Ozzy just takes off running. <laughs> and uh, I think Noir picks up the halfling woman. Uh, she grabs her ale and throws it at your helmet and then ducks under the table and slides between your legs. <laughs> and the ale just splashes against your helm as the smoke just suddenly dies down as you're just soaked now in this ale as she slides between your legs and sprints out the front door of the inn. Do you know how hard this is to clean? God damn it. And he just runs over to grab his sword out of the ground and then sprints off after Ozzy. Uh, you get back to the door frame, sword in hand, and you see again, the door. <laughs> he, just, he just, I think he like tosses his sword through and just like kind of like you throw crawl. it, it clatters and slides across the I snow. I think he like bends all the way down and just like kind of crawls out through the door. He's just, God damn it. <laughs> you, you lean through as she's just like now sprinting down the main thoroughfare um, back towards the cliff and the lifts as your sword just kind of slides across the snowy, uh, the snowy ground and then comes to a stop as you make it through. Ozzy, you go out the back and you see this figure snake around the other side and start running off towards the lifts as well. Yeah, Ozzy is just a hot pursuit. Okay. He's uh, he's humming sabotage. Um, he, he doesn't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you run after this taller, human-looking individual in this black cloak as he snakes through an alley and runs kind of back out towards the front of the inn. Noir, you watch as figure in black comes bolting out from behind the inn with Ozzy directly behind. Just as you lean through the door and get all the way out, you see the two of them just run out the side out in front of you. And you now see the halfling off in the distance and then another figure and Ozzy all ahead of you as you're getting yourself back up off your like semi-crouched position through the door frame and pick up your sword and you just see them all heading down the road. I think he like lean, like turns back to like the innkeeper. He's like, "You should really get bigger doors." And then grabs the sword and starts running. Okay, and you just start like, f- like thunking through, and like the ground like shakes with each heavy footstep as there's just like this chunk, 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 and you see them getting further and further away. Dylan, do we see like the T Rex, uh, like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you actually hear the like all of those metallic objects in that crate go shaking like a can of pennies with each footstep coming from somewhere down in the distance. You two actually do see this cloaked figure running towards you from down the street. This small, tiny little figure running towards you, and then another larger one, and then this same person you saw but moments before Dren in these many colored fabrics following behind them and behind that even still the large metallic figure not quite keeping pace he, he's not fast Just he, he's not moving fast but he's moving he's with, with determination like if anything gets in his way old lady child just gone <laughs> Maisel you do recognize this small figure as the one who took your purse 
she now you can see her face wide with fear as she sees you and comes sliding to a stop kind of losing traction on the snow on the uh the road for a moment and slides to a stop and looks back and sees everyone and then looks at you and just says sorry and then runs and just bolts past you towards the lift thing like that hey 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 I'm gonna give chase. Okay. Uh, you turn to follow this halfling individual as Drang, you're still here in kind of confusion and shock at what's happening, not really no knowing idea. what's going on um, with all this mortal nonsense that's just occurring at yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my direction unceasingly. <laughs> and she comes like sliding to a stop next to one of these crates, the one that's cracked and kind of leans over it and she looks around frantically and then she turns back and sees you following Maisel and goes, I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it and puts her hands up. Um, I, I like, I try to skid to a stop. Uh, what? I gave it to him! And she points to Ozius. Uh, Alright, I, I just yelled to Ozius, give it back! I, I assume I'm still, like, chasing this figure, right? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Who is also now coming into this thoroughfare and seeing Maisel, the halfling, Drang, knows you and your large friend are behind them, and just looks back, shit, and, like, kind of, like, tries to juke, like, right and then left and starts trying to run the other direction away from where the halfling in the crate are. Um, yeah, like, how close can I get to this figure before they make up their minds? Can I get within tackling distance? Yes. We'll say you can. Um, you, you, the hesitation that they feel for that moment gives you enough time to attempt to just tackle them to the ground. Yeah, I, I want to initiate a flying tackle. Okay. You leap through the air and just tackle them, and they go thump into the ground. Snow kind of gets blown up by the uh, the impact and flutters down slowly as you both just kind of slide to a stop. And Erica, the halfling, goes, shit. Um, yeah, Ozzy is like, uh, yeah, I think like kind of tangled up with this figure on the ground, and as soon as he realizes that he's like taking this person down, just starts yelling, Noir! Noir! Because <laughs> he doesn't know what to do now. <laughs> thump, 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 thump. <laughs> Slowly coming from behind, you can hear these metallic, weighty steps and this echoey sound still a little bit back behind you, but getting closer. It shouldn't be but a moment. Noir, you watch as Ozzyus just tackles this guy to the ground with this huge thud, and they slide to a stop. Um, when he eventually catches up to them, I think he, I think he takes off his sword again and like the, but the back end of it and like looks at the dude on the round and just like does like the movie just knockout hit with the, uh, end of it just so he can move on with his life and go towards the other halfling. So he gets both. Okay. Maisel, Drang. Yeah. While, uh, I guess like as this was happening, if I had stopped by by Erica and saw uh, Ozzy tackling Zeph, I would have like tried to like bounce back off that other foot and run towards them. And I'm assuming it like a, a half second after, try to tackle at Ozzy, um, 
and try to like catch and grab Ozzy as he tackled uh, Zeph. Just throw like everything I have at this point. Like no form. Yeah. Out. You also leap and just like jump towards Ozzyus, who is kneeling on top of this cloaked individual. And Ozzyus, you look up to shout at Noir as you just get like <laughs> sidelined by Mazel, who just leaps and like completely lays you out. <laughs> Yeah, Oz, as Ozzy gets impacted, I think he just yells, "Who the fuck are you? <laughs> give it, give it back, give, give it back! Give what? Give what back?" <laughs> and Noir and Drang, the two of you, watch this happening, happening, both not really understanding <laughs> at all why. No clue. Drang, the the cloaked figure, you can now see that they're they are a half elf with kind of dark, short kind of wavy hair and they look terrified and they're like trying to crawl out from underneath both Ozzyus and Mazel who are fighting partially on top of them and they're like grasping out trying to crawl out from underneath and look horrified fearing for their life as far as you can tell crawling towards you and the halfling girl off to your side also is like terrified and like backing away slowly, looking frightened, as you're just standing there in the midst of this absolute pandemonium. I cast Fog Cloud. (laughs) Okay. You lift your staff, and there's a coalescence of ice and frost around the base as you set it down with a small thud. And up from below the cliffside, this wall of fog just... And then crashes down onto the lifts and just floods the area with fog. Immediately, all of you can't see anything beyond what's immediately in front of you. Ozzy and Maisel, the two of you see each other quite clearly as you're wrestling with each other at this moment as the cloaked figure slides out from underneath and gets away. Noir, you stamp, stop, uh, you kind of stumble into the scene as this fog rolls in from behind this tall uh, reindeer figure and swallows everyone in front of you until it's just this milky whiteness right as you get up to where you think Zeph is and you stomp down with the butt end of your sword and it just thud into the ground. They had backup? When did they have back? Ozzy, Ozzy, where, where are you? And you see the faint shadow of that figure running off to the right towards where the halfling was. I think he kind of stumbles through the fog, like still calling for Ozzy to like make known of his presence so he doesn't like trip over and stomp him into the ground or something. Uh, Ozzy's like, Noir, I lost him. What did you do? Are you having them steal for you? You're having people steal for you and then you're filling this up with... What kind of person would... Who are you? <laughs> I'm Maisel Fisk. You took my purse. Why would I take your purse? Why would anyone do that? What are you? Who are you? When did I take your purse? <laughs> <laughs> she took it and then said you took took it. The, no, she gave it to us. This? Ozzy like pulls out the coin purse. It's like, I don't care about this. So give it back. <laughs> He, Ozzy throws it at Mazel. <laughs> <laughs> you 
hit her in the chest and it just like thud and falls to the ground as you stand up and pull away and the two of you kind of like awkwardly stand and you back away from each other just enough until you both vanish into the fog and you can't see each other anymore. I think I found him. Where are you? I can't see. Did you do this? Like, did you just decide just to puff out some fog for no reason? No, I don't think I have the capability to do this as far as I know. Uh, I think you went off to the right. I don't... Where Where are you? Good question. Noir, again, you watch as the shadowy figure that you believe to be Zeph kind of vanishes into the fog and kind of gets outside of your view, but you know the general direction that they're heading in um, towards where you saw the halfling. Ozias, Maisel, Drang, all three of you now shrouded in this thick fog, unclear where anyone is. Noir, Ozius, the two of you can hear each other yelling to one another, and some fair accuracy can follow said voices. Maisel, you just stand, your coin purse at your feet, by yourself. I think Noir also is, like, slamming his feet down heavier than what needs to be to either A, give him traction, and B, uh, let Ozzy know to follow the giant metal footsteps. Okay. So, he's just hauling ass towards the shadow that he's up. Actually, if I throw a sword, like a javelin, (laughs) towards the shadow, it's a shadow, I can see the shadow, right? You could for a moment. You only really know the direction they went. You can't see the shadow, the silhouette anymore. They're just a bit too far out of the way. Okay, but yeah, but he just hauls towards it as fast as his heavy ass can go. Yeah, I think Ozzy is going to start trying to follow the sound of Noir's voice. Okay. Drang, as you hear this kind of sound from all these different people trapped in this fog, you yourself can't see anything either and realize you now have lost track of um, everyone despite just a little bit of what you can hear of where they may be. You're uncertain where... Either of the two individuals you saw cloaked are. You don't know where Maisel is. And you can hear the large armored figure. That's really all you can tell. Well, I mean, hopefully they've run. Because, like, I gave them a chance. Hopefully they bolted. Noir, you head in that direction to where you believe that figure was. And you approach from behind and see Zeph this cloaked figure turn as you approach emerging from the fog he kind of falls back and like falls on top of the crate for a moment and like is now sitting on it the halfling girl next to him like grabbing onto the hem of his cloak pulling at it as they both see you just this towering black figure emerging from the cloak great sword in hand oh oh, oh, boy we got beef and then uh (laughs) He says, uh, this is from Red Scar, my friend. And then swings his uh, sword as wide as, like, the, in the moon arc, I guess, or, like, the sideways motion to try to get both of them in one hit. Okay. Uh, you do, and she pulls him off the crate, and they both fall to the ground as you completely slice through and shatter the top of this crate and bits of wood go flying everywhere and you hear the clanking of the metal cylinders inside rolling out. Drang, Ozzyus, Maisel, 
all three of you hear this as well as Erica screams in fear and Zeph goes, shit, and ducks to the ground and throws himself flat into the snow as this just clatter and loud noise of splintering wood and clanging metal fills the air of this fog cloud. Uh, I grab my coin purse and I am just blindly running towards this noise. Okay. Ozius, you enter the same general vicinity and you see the towering figure of Noir in front of you and you can faintly see these two figures laid out onto the ground in front of him. Maisel, you run from behind and eventually you see the figure of Ozius appearing in front of your view, um, coming closer and closer as you, it just kind of suddenly snaps into focus through the fog. Can I overtake Ozius running? Ozius, what do you do when you you see Noir from behind? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm just approaching in the area where he is to see what he's kind of doing outside of the fog. Um, but then I imagine once I see Erica and Zeph kind of ducking underneath this, um, once Ozzy has time to get his bearings, he's going to step in to try to collar them both again. Okay. You're, so you're going to step in front of Noir? Uh, yeah, after he's taken his swing, yeah. Okay. So the swing comes through, all of this stuff gets shattered. You step in from behind and kind of come in under his arm almost as he's like completing this swing. And you see Zeph laid out flat and Erica's back um, kind of sitting with her hands behind her as you approach from behind Noir. And Zeph kind of turns, his cloak falling all the way back, revealing his face, kind of just shocked and in fear as Noir is holding this great sword over his head. And Drang, what do you do? Still kind of isolated from the remainder of this this group. You've heard this clear telltale sign of an attack. There's fighting happening, but you can't see it. Um, the The sound of the noises... <laughs> the noise of the sounds yes are they from don't shake your head at me joe. <laughs> you called the man the booma food joe <laughs> but um is it uh i just have one question is it coming from toward where the figures mm-hmm. entered the fog cloud from or yes. away they all entered from directly in front of you and they all kind of like got into this tussle in front of you and have divided up a little bit or at least did for a moment they're off to your left now, from what you can hear. That's where the clattering sound came from, and you could hear the heavy footsteps of, of Noir heading in that direction. And you know that he's attacking someone. Yeah. You can hear that much, but you don't know who is where. My next question is, um, from where they ended up, like between where they were and where they ended up, did they go away? Not Exactly. No. I mean, easy easy place to flee well, would be to just have ran straight through. Um, but they found themselves caught up in, in tumbling over who God knows what, uh, getting wrapped up in this conflict with these other two. So, Yes, Drang's just going to um, approach and observe. Um, as far as she's concerned, she did okay. her part. Yeah, because you can't see them still because the, the the fog. Okay. Right. She's going to approach and listen she's got pretty sharp ears uh yeah you you begin to approach towards where this this commotion this combat this fighting is coming from Maisel, because ozzy is slows and attempts to approach these two without necessarily being at a sprint if you're running you could overtake him great i do that 
Um, yeah, as as Ozzy like slows down to duck under Noir, I want to like run past and put myself between the two of them and Zeph and Erica. Okay. Um, and like stand, yeah, like stand, like arms out, like. What are you doing? Why? Who? Ozzy, is this an ex of yours? Like, why? I have. I don't have a clue who this person is. Why are you standing here? What are you doing to them? You're making them steal for you, and now you're gonna chop them in half? Who? Okay, first of all, no, we didn't make them steal for us. Second of all, can you, like, mind your business over there? Like, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah, can't stress how much this isn't your concern. Just move. We've got a job to do. A job? A job? A job? What kind of... As this happens, Zeph, as you guys are having this altercation, this conversation, Zeph and Erica diverge and split into two different directions and just start running. Erica runs backwards away from the, the fog cloud, away from the crate, and Zeph runs past all three of you, past you, Maisel, kind of back up the main street, um, the way that you all came, came from originally. Yeah, I think as soon as Zeph splits... Ozzy disengages from this conversation and is just taking okay. off after him again. He has no idea who this person is. <laughs> uh, same. I think. I think. Uh, you did one. You said one went behind, like ran away from Maisel, or yeah, one one ran. So Erica was behind Zeph essentially, and she basically turned on her heels and ran the opposite direction, like straight out of uh, the area, the direction you're facing, essentially, just as far as she could get, as fast as she could get, and she vanishes into the fog in an instant. She's small and quick and just whoosh, gone. Zeph, on the other hand, runs kind of through all of you, kind of using Maisel as a shield a little bit as she stands between you all, and he goes around her to get through you and head back up the main street. I just turn around and run. Just ignore Maisel and go. Okay. Yeah, the two of you pull away and start heading for Zeph, I imagine. Yeah, he's running and he slips and slides onto the snow and falls and face plants and loses his traction and just slides to a stop. As Ozzy, you finally get a grasp on him and get up onto him first before Noir arrives and just pin him to the ground as he's already slipped and fallen in front of you. And he's just a mess at this point. He's fucking winded and exhausted and just gasping for air, snow stuck to his face, his hair matted to his face from the the moisture as he's just like breathing heavily into the faint layer of snow on the ground. And Noir, you just kind of loom over the two of them. Yeah, I think Ozzy like yanks Zeph to his feet, Mm -hmm. um, still like with his arms pinned behind his back. And then is like, okay, last time I had him, that woman tackled me. So keep an eye out. You know what? Just give him to me. Give him to me. Yeah, I think... Ozzy pushes Zeph over to Noir. He kind of like stumbles forward and just runs into your armor and stops. Uh, I, okay, Joe wouldn't do this. Noir, just because he doesn't want to run anymore because he's slow as shit, I, he definitely would just like dislocate a knee. Just, just as a precaution. Not break a leg, just dislocate the knee. I'm glad Joe wouldn't do that because it's fucked up. <laughs> okay, sure. You turn him around and basically like grab him and grab his knee and begin to push as you try to just basically pop it out of place. And Maisel, you watch as 
now this hulking figure looks like he's ready to rip this man's leg straight from its socket. Yeah, I guess if, if, if I'm watching, did I get pushed into, like, the pile of debris from the crate at all, or was I just, like, pushed past? Uh, they just pushed past you, didn't necessarily fall, but you are kind of, okay. like, standing over what you now see is just, like, this dozens and dozens of those cylinders that you saw one of earlier, just, like, everywhere. And there's this small pine box sitting on top of them, and the crate is kind of crushed in and broken apart from the top with the swing of uh, Noir's sword, and it's just everywhere, but you you do see as this hulking figure is now ready to just maim this man in front of you. Okay. Um, I like I, I reach around and I, I grab the pine bat box and just try to throw it at Noir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you throw it and it just shatters across his back, or well, it breaks open across his back and falls into a couple pieces as a few disparate objects um, heavy metal objects go flying and land into the snow with a couple thuds as the box itself clatters to the ground behind Noir. Mm-hmm. Am, I able, am I able to see Drang at this point? Uh, depends on how close Drang approaches. Yeah, but Drang's gonna just keep walking. You do. You see her okay. approaching um, from the other side. Drang, we, we have to help. That They're doing something to those people who I think something really bad. I don't know what's happening, but we have to help. Um, I, I grab Drang by the hand and try to pull her towards uh, towards Noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, okay. Drang is deeply confused and accepts this. I mean, yeah, it's up to Drang if I can actually pull Drang because I'm not Drang sized. I think I think she does accept this. As this is happening, Zeph. In your grasp, Noir says, "Please stop, 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 stop! I swear, I'll t- I'll come easily. Please, I'll come with you. Please, don't Are hurt you me." Done running, because I really. Hate yes, I'm done running. running. I'm done running. Fine, and, and then he releases his grabs on his leg, and then just holds him by his arms. He just f- falls kind of backwards until you grab him. <sighs> Fuck! I was... why, why was running your game plan? Like what? Why? Have you seen yourself? Okay, but did you think you're gonna like get away and be like, I'm gonna be safe here if I hide hard enough, right? Like, did you think that we would just let you do what you want to do and then dip out? He looks around at anyone he can see. I don't know. I swear to God, if you scream for help and or run again, I'm just gonna knock you out. I won't. I won't. I won't. Cool. Thank you. Well, that was tiring. I think upon, yeah, and the, like, box shattering against Noir and then seeing that Noir wasn't going to rip this dude's leg off, Ozzy kind of uh, circles around Noir to see who threw the box. And then upon seeing that it's Maisel now dragging Drain says, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Ozzy, what did you do to this woman? I, I that this is not me. Did you not sign a poster for her at one of the shows or something? You know, you're right. She's probably a fan. All right, I got this. (laughs) (laughs) We lost your audio, Dylan. I wasn't actually saying anything. I was just mouthing tall Kenku. Oh, yes, tall Kenku. Sorry. (laughs) Because I wanted to shout, but I didn't want to run. It was was a stage shout, I understand, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, tall Kenku. Ah. (laughs) 
But yeah, I think... <laughs> now I'm just imagining Maisel in like a tall Kinkoo shirt. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, but knowing though. Ozzy, it's like the cheapest material well, yeah, possible. Yeah, it's, it's probably made. <laughs> Love that bird, himself. but it's B R I D. Love that bread. Yeah. <laughs> Love that bread. Love that bread. Um, but yeah, Ozzy has now positioned himself like in between Zeph and Noir, and then the approaching Maisel and Drang, and is like just flabbergasted. <laughs> Did you have backup on the off chance I came to get you? Like the giant reindeer? And no, 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 no! I don't is. have any. I don't. I don't have any backup. I don't have any accomplices. Just me. It's just me. Why are they helping you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why are you helping me? Why are you helping me? Are we close enough to hear that? Uh, yeah, he's like looking at you've approached close enough to where like he's like looking around you um around you noir at them (laughs) help me why are you helping me but help because look at what y'all you're doing this isn't something a civilized people would do what are you doing and she uh like full-on pokes uh pokes ozzy in the chest and she says that Okay, did you say Maisel was your name, right? Yes. Why are you here? <coughs> what do you mean, why am I here? Why are you here? We're doing our job. I told you. Your job is to steal from me and then steal from this person and then break a leg and then cause a... F- oh, did you do this, thing? No. <laughs> I think I think she's referring to the fog. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Okay, perfect. Good. As, as long as we're on the same page. There's, there's a long pause. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know how to elaborate any further on this. I did not ask anybody to steal from you. We collected the coin purse from her because she offered it up when we arrested her, which is You're our job. Some power. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Arresting. Hmm. How about a badge? How about some sort of document? We don't need to show you a badge. We're the, we're arresting. I should arrest you. Really? Have at it. I, I'm busy. <laughs> um, I I put my arms out and I like I just look around like. As you do that, you you look down and you see that there's a pair of shackles at your feet. Thing like that. Um, I I like grab them and like hold them out to uh, to Ozzy. Look at that. That's that was strange. I but... look down at the ground. <laughs> Please arrest me. Thank you. Uh, Ozzy takes them and then walks over to Zeph and puts them on Zeph. <laughs> he watches as you do this, and you realize, Maisel, that these are the heavy metal object that came out of the box you threw at Noir. It clattered to the ground, as well as another smaller metal object that lands, landed somewhere in the snow. Um, Ozzy, as you approach, you realize you don't have a key to unlock these shackles to put them on Zeph. They're just these heavy iron shackles with this sort of Damascus marbling to them. This sort of like faint shimmer, this dull lead-like gray with faint hints of almost like a more silvery pattern woven in it. Uh, yeah, upon noticing he can't open them, he turns back to Maisel and says, Do you have a, can I have the key for these? Um, I like, I, I looked out and I, I try to like pad around the ground and, and reach into any snowbanks to try to find the keys. Yeah, the, the key is present. It's near, it's just nearby, landed 
somewhat close to the shackles, and you hold it up, key in hand. No, I can, but I'd like to know why they're being arrested. This doesn't seem just. And they're my shackles. Okay, I'm holding them still, though, so they're mine right now. All right, but I have well, a key. They, they well, don't do anything without it. All right, we don't have time to get into this. Um, <laughs> look, we're just doing our job here. Uh, this guy committed a crime against our organization. We're bringing him in. We would love if you could stop assaulting us uh, and allow us to leave. Uh, Ozzy turns to Drang and is like, is this your pet or something? Can you control her? Uh... <laughs> Sorry, what? Does, does she belong to you? No. Are you, you seem like the authority figure here. Uh, no, I, we have just met. Oh, okay. Um, I would not hang out with this one. <laughs> and Ozzy, uh. Ozzy like turns back and is just like helping uh, Noir with manhandling Zeph out of the area, basically. Are you going to break his leg? I wasn't going to break it. I was just going to dislocate it. It can pop back in. It's No, it's not. It's just a simple pop, and then when we get to where we're going, we pop it back in. I don't want to break his leg. I don't need the, sh- I don't need the shackles. Who... Do you... And I, like, hold up my hand. I'm like, do you, do you think he's just going to break out of my hand? I unlock these, you don't touch him. Yeah, sure. Ozzy, like, turns to Noir and is like, look, it's, it's going to be easier if we have him in shackles. I, you don't want to hold him the whole time. I don't want to hold him the whole time. Let's just play this game. Whatever. We're not going to hurt him. It's amazing. Uh, okay, but again, who is she? And why is she coming around? I just, I don't, this, uh, this is more difficult than I ever wanted it to be. Fine. And I walk up and I um I unlock the key in his hand. If you allow me to. Uh yeah, no, for sure. I'll let you unlock the shackles. Um so yeah, once they're opened up, Ozzy uh, turns and puts them on Zaf. And as you're doing so, I wanna like I wanna cast a, a, a glance at Zaf. Uh with a sort of I'll get you out of this. <laughs> Look. <laughs> um so, yeah, I think once he's got the shackles on, Ozzy's like, okay, um, we're gonna be on our way now. Um, it was a pleasure meeting you two. I still don't know what you're doing here. Don't you need the key? <sighs> All right, fine. How much do you want for it? <laughs> it's not for sale. What do you mean it's not for sale? Just name your price it's and I'll buy the It's not for sale. Out. I don't need your money. Well, you saw how much you were stealing from me. I'm doing just fine myself. Yet again, I... Uh, forget it. Okay, look. What material goods can we give you in exchange for this key? No, you... Nothing at all. How about I come with you and when you need that lock opened, I'll open it for you. No, that doesn't make any sense. Why would we want to bring you with us just to open a lock? What can you offer us? No, absolutely not. The, the key for the lock. I don't, and I turn around and walk off. 
Uh, yeah, Ozzy just like begins mumbling under his breath about how irritating he is. I just all right, cool. I need a room and to sleep and think about everything that's happening because I just signed up for this one thing and now it's devolved into the rest of this. And he's just talking to himself. Um, uh, but yeah, he goes inside the inn to uh, get a room for himself and for Ozzy and Zeph. Okay. Noir begins to walk away, and Maisel, you watch as he begins to approach the nearest inn to where you all stand, which is this large, uh, very hearth-inspired inn. The architecture very reminiscent of Verdun's own personal abodes. This very traditional style reminds you of home a little bit. Not quite uh, close. I I look up to to Drang for just a moment, and I I frown at Ozzy and pocket the key and, and <laughs> run after Noir um, to to also enter the, the hotel, the inn. You don't notice it immediately until you begin to kind of move Zeph and Drang. You hit get this wave of discomfort rolling off of Zeph that just immediately puts you off. Okay. Uh, you, uh, you all right there, my friend? I don't think I caught your name. What's your name? You approach with Zeph and the wave gets more intense and pushes mm-hmm. you back. I am called Drang of the Short Days. You, uh, you're not looking so hot. Everything okay? Another step forward. Hmm. Drang also steps back, doesn't... I... (sighs) This... This one you have captured... Uh Uh-huh. Isn't... An ordinary mortal, yes? Uh, Ozzy kind of like nudges Zeph and says, uh, well, answer our friend. Yes, uh, mm. I'm normal. What does that even mean? Mm, you look normal. And yet. Noir, you and Maisel approach the counter. A half-orc woman greets you. Hello! Welcome to the Liftside Inn. How can we help you this fine afternoon? Hi. Um, can I get two rooms, please? Uh, one with a double bed and one with just a single. Uh, certainly I can provide that. That's Two for you and yourself. One additional. Perfect. And so, three rooms. Are you all together, or...? Yes. No. I'll be putting it on my... Hard, no. Just a... No, (laughs) you will not. And he pulls out gold and sets on the counter. That's still a yes, but he's a gentleman. (laughs) I see... Very well. Um, I'm not paying for it. Look, I'm not paying for her room. I'm paying for myself. And then also, can I have... I understand. I understand. Yes, of course, I understand. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, can I also have 
ale and foods into my room and a sprig of lavender if you have it at all. Uh, certainly, I can. I'll, I'll try on the last one. It might be a bit harder, but I'll bring you your food and drink. I'll have one of the, the servers bring it to you. Perfect. Um, yes, uh, your keys. Here's your one, two, and three room keys. Uh, one for you, two for you. There Thank you go. You. And he grabs his key and like turns to Maisel. Can you give this to the guy outside, please? I, I'm, I just need to go to my room. I thought we weren't together. Oh, you, you give me a hard headache. I, I'm in pain right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I, hopefully I won't see you in the morning, but odds are you will be right there. I take the two keys. Okay, you take the two keys and you exit back out to your other companion. Ozzy, Drang, the two of you standing there. Drang, you're just affronted by this uncomfortable headache-inducing aura emanating off of Zeph that you just... It is miserable. Um, Ozzy has just been taking this time outside to get information from Zeph since he doesn't really have anything to say to Drang. Uh, So I don't think he even notices Maisel approaching and just keeps on growing Zeph. Um, Zeph, so I know Noir plays like he just wants to take you right to the boss, but... uh, me, I've got a little something more I need to prove than he does. He's fully fledged, you know. I'm just, uh, just a little guy. So, uh, where was your friend going? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You didn't have a plan to meet up somewhere? If things went bad? This wasn't supposed to. We're supposed to... And he looks around at Drang and Maisel, and then to you, Ozzy. We are going to go north. North, okay. North is good. Where north? Okay. I... I just... If... If things went as planned, we were supposed to meet uh, with someone in the Weald. Uh... It was supposed to be a, a, a fallback as well. If something went wrong, nothing was supposed to go wrong. This is going wrong. Where? The uh, the I uh, uh, the ice the ice wheeled north of. What business have you there? Uh, just a, a rendezvous. There's um, it's just a, a place to hide out for a while. It's hidden. No one goes there. It's uh, dangerous. Uh-oh, looks like somebody doesn't want you going to the ice wield. Isn't that a dreadful coincidence? Weren't you just saying, Drang, that you were headed north? Do you, would you be heading through that way? Yes. Well, maybe you all should go, we all should go together. Oh, God. Uh, wait, so, Drang, you're going to the ice wield? Yes. And Zeph... You were going to the ice wield. This is all fucked. This is all so fucked. What an interesting coincidence. Drang, my friend, do you travel that way often? It is my homeland. Would you say you are familiar with the perils of this wintry wasteland? More than some. Yes. Interesting. All right, uh... I gotta talk with my partner, but don't go... Don't go running off. 
We should talk. Well, isn't this just a remarkable coincidence? We'll all head that way together. Uh, oh, 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 hold on. Why are you going? Ozzy, you angel, don't you remember? I have the key. In fact, uh, and I, I take that key and also the, the hotel keys, and I, I toss them to Drain just specifically so Ozzy can't take them from me. I do catch those. Okay. Maisel, you toss all three of these keys, the two room keys and the one kind of iron key that matches the shackle. And as it flies through the air, Drang, you put your hand up and you catch the room keys in one and the iron key for the shackles in the other. And the moment the key makes contact in the palm of your hand, you grip it tight. And Maisel, you watch as Drang's eyes roll back in her head and she goes slack and falls to the ground with a heavy thud face down into the snow and is immediately unconscious. And Ozzy, you you hear this thud as uh, Drang just is passed out on contact, immediately falls to the ground and is just out cold as both of you just stand there and stare. Uh, yeah, I think Ozzy um, looks at looks at Drang on the ground, looks at Maisel, looks at Zaph, uh, and then dives for the key. <laughs> okay, you dive. Edge of the World is a production of Tales from the Tabletop. Show notes, lore, fan art, and information about our other projects, including the Heart Engine role-playing system, are available on tfttpresents.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Twitch at tfttpresents. Join our Discord from the link on tfttpresents.com. This episode of Edge of the World was edited by Kathleen Childs. Our music is by Louis Zong. Our cast is Kat McDonald, Dalton Stevens, Dylan Irish, Joe Turner, and me, Bill Hinderman. Edge of the World comes out on Mondays and Thursdays, and we stream listen-alongs on Twitch on the last Friday of each month. Our full release and streaming schedule is available at tfttpresents.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps more than you could possibly imagine. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave. Thanks for listening. <laughs>